Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. How's everyone doing today? How's the 8.30 service? You guys are the early birds, right? There are no night owls here. This is, this is, a, good, <laughs> this is a good service. I, I really enjoy uh, the 8.30 service, but I, I'll also say the same thing in the other services. So full disclosure, I'm, I'm going to say that. Like, you're my favorite service until next service. Uh, and then they become my, my favorite service. But anyway, it's good to be here. It's good to be back with our Word of Life family. Uh, for those of you that might not know, uh, we are traveling a lot with my wife and doing missions and coming back here and everything. So it's always a, a breath of fresh air uh, to come back and be here with our Word of Life family. So anyway, I, I'm super excited to be here. And we're in the middle of a series, <clears throat> and I think today is the end of our series, God of the Impossible. How many of you enjoy, have enjoyed uh, the series, God of the Impossible? I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I'm always uh, happy to be able to listen to Pastor Joel. I always, when I talk with him, I always tell him, I don't know what your Bible has that is different to my Bible, but whenever you read the Bible, you get stuff that I have never seen, and I swear I have read it before. And he just laughs, but it's a, it's a blessing to be uh, under such a gift, such a pastoral gift and such a ministry gift that is Pastor Joel. And so anyway, I want to uh, honor him today because he's truly blessed my life. And just the, the, t- talking about God of the impossible and how God makes things possible, what's impossible for man is still possible for God. That if you believe, you know, to him that believes, all things are possible, that there are possibilities in our life, not based on our strength, but based on God who lives in us. And because God is in the equation, there is nothing that is impossible. Because God is in the equation, the results of my life are far more than I've asked or thought of according to the power that works in me. So I give God glory and I give God thanks. And and, and then I showcase that it's, it's a life worth living, a life that is lived for God. Because the results that you get in a life lived for God are results that no man can produce, are results that that your grind can't produce, are a result of grace, are a result of faith, are a result of the Holy Spirit living in our life. And I'm so amazed by it. I'm, I'm truly thankful for everything that God has done in our life and is continually doing in our life. How many are thankful about? everything that God has done, is doing, and will do. And God, God is worthy of our praise and worthy of our worship because he's just been way too good to be quiet. Right? God has been way too good to not give him glory and not give him thanks. The, the other day, we'll, we'll get into the message, but I, I just have to share this because the, the, other, the other day, yeah, I, I was in a place called Altos de Sucre, Casuca, Sector Cuatro. And so that's a, that's a mouthful. It, just believe me when I say 
Uh, we, we've been to a lot of places doing missions, but I had never been to this place specifically and to a place that had so much oppression. And it's a, a lot of poverty, people making 2 $3 a month and, and just everything, all the repercussion from that. And we were in a, in a tiny house, a tiny red house. They had painted it red because it was a special place where people would gather and pray. And so we were there. We were ministering. There was like 40, 50 people. We had finished ministering. I had let part of the team go in and, you know, do stuff with kids and play and everything. And then I hear a loud thunk. And so I, I, I'm outside because it's hot in there because it's really a tiny, it's like a 500 square foot uh, living area, and there was like 50 people in there. Uh, and so anyway, so I'm outside, you know, breathing a little bit. I'm happy. God, God's doing his thing. And I hear, Tunk. and then I just hear someone like, oh, my gosh, she fainted. She fainted. So, uh, so I, I'm like, I, I mean, I can't really do much. So I'm fainted. Like, bring her out. And then all of a sudden, people start flying out of that place from the windows. They start crawling out, running, running. So I'm like, what is happening right now? Like major faint action in there. So I, I asked someone and they say, no, no, she's demon possessed. She's demon possessed. And so, yeah, so that was my reaction. I'm like, oh. I'm like, well, good thing I finished preaching. I mean, that's how I'm, uh, the gift is done. <laughs> and so anyway, so I, I stay outside. I'm like, I'm not even going to entertain that. There's Christians in there. Jesus is in there. I don't need to be in there. I don't mean to scare anyone or anything, but, but those things are real. And we, we should be aware that the spiritual realm is just as real as the natural realm, if not more real. That we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against that. Like, that's truly what we fight against. We don't fight against people. We fight against the spirit behind certain actions and certain things. So anyway, so you can imagine there's like there's noises going on and like screaming and everything. And, then, and you know, and then one of our one of our leaders comes out and is like, Pastor, do you want to go in? I'm like, not really. <laughs> I want to stay outside because my mom's not here and my mom's the one that knows how to do that. I don't know. So I, I picked my battles. Anyway, so I hear it go on for like 10 minutes. So I'm talking to you. I'm praying outside. You know, from a di there's no distance in prayer, obviously. So I'm like at a distance praying. I'm like, Father, you know, do your thing. Please like, cast that out. Um, uh, and I, I'm hearing what they're praying inside. And it's just, it's, it's just not working. You know, they're, they're trying to like do the whole like circle around, but like no one's addressing the situation that there's a spirit that, that is under our authority, right? Because the devil is under our feet and no one's just addressing the spirit and saying, you got to go. Everyone's like in the name of Jesus, you know? And so I, I walk in, I'm like, excuse me. Hello. <laughs> uh, and then I look at the girl and there's like, Literally, I think it's like six, seven people that are grabbing her because she's, she's just going crazy, eyes, all the stuff. And so I look at her and I say, hey, in the name of Jesus, like, you listen to me now, spirit, you have to leave. And talks back at me like, no. I'm like, okay, whatever. I was kidding. <laughs> uh, that's what I wanted to do. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's go. Let's go. 
So I look back at it, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not asking you to leave. I'm not, I'm not asking you what you think. I'm not, I, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, with the same authority, the, the, the same authority and power that raised Christ from the grave that now lives in me and gives life to my mortal body, with that authority, with the same authority that Jesus cast out spirits, with that authority, I am telling you right now, you have to leave, and you don't come back. And then I told the girl, now claim the name of Jesus. Now shout the name of Jesus. Plead the blood over your life so that when it tries to come back, because that's what the word of God says, that it'll leave and then it comes back and everything is clean, but it's not filled. Then it'll just invite seven more people. So I'm like, you do not want a party of spirits in your body. I told her, so we cast it out, and so she was fine. I'm like, now receive Jesus. you got to be filled with the Spirit so that when it does try to come back, it finds that there is no vacancy. And so anyway, it, this happened, and, and then other people started. What was crazy is that it, it, there's, there's a, whole, a whole lot happening because at the same time, then this girl comes in with the cell phone on, and it's a, it's a FaceTime video. And, and puts it at the, to the girl's face, and it's the local witch doctor. So now they, they're, they're more modern now, apparently, with FaceTime. Uh, but I'm like, what are you doing? Like, uh, so I'm like looking, trying to look, and she's just not letting me look. I'm like, let me talk to that man right now. Uh, and, and so he looks at me as like, we've seen this before. We don't need your power. We, we, we know how to do this. And, and so uh, I like... I'm getting, I'm getting agitated a little bit, and I'm getting a little fleshy again, but I don't win with my flesh or with the arm of the flesh. We win with the spirit. So I'm like trying to stay in love and looking at him. I'm like, you, you just got to turn that off right now because that's, that's not helping. But the, the, the whole reason why I'm saying this is because it, when we're talking about the God of the impossible, we have to recognize that there is a spiritual realm, but we have authority over all of that as well. That when we're talking about God of the impossible and impossibilities and all these things is not just, you know, so that we can get more money or we can get that job or we can get, you know, that thing we're believing for. It's also so that we can address the true situation. And it's that there is an enemy that is out to destroy you, to steal from you, to kill you. But God, as Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And he said, I give you my authority and I give you my peace. So when we receive Jesus, we have that to address the truth situation and it's that the devil cannot be living in our lives cannot we can't see his hand in our lives we cast it out in the name of Jesus we are sons and daughters of God and because of that we live in a different reality we, we, we live in a different reality than people that don't know Jesus and this is our message it's not just know Jesus come to church we have great food no, no, no it's, it's know Jesus so that the devil that is trying to destroy your life can be cast out and then, then we put a hedge of protection around you we plead the blood of Jesus and he can't come at you and if he does no matter what the weapon is I want you to know that you still win because it will not work because God is your shepherd and the you will lack for nothing there's so much to this 
But I want us to know that this morning, and that's what I want to talk about. In Joshua chapter 3, there's a cool story that I like. And I've liked it in different stages of my life. I've liked it for different reasons. And one of the reasons I like it today and in this season is because this season, you hear it a lot. That the year we're living in, the, the, the next decade that we're going to walk into is going to be bad. You hear it in a lot of different ways, a lot of different you know, news outlets about economically how everything is going bad. There, there's wars that are about to happen. You know, like There's all these things. So to me, it was crazy to hear Pastor Joel say, we're going to talk about the God of the impossible. Because if there is something impossible for us this year is to believe for a good economy, is to believe for peace, to believe for all these things when you see the tendency of the world is not going that way. But that's, that, that's the whole truth behind what we believe, that we do not base our belief on circumstances. We base our belief on Jesus, and on what he can do, that no matter what is happening around us, what's more important is what's happening inside of us. And the reason why I like this story of Joshua chapter 3 is that story where the people of Israel crossed the river and the river is dried out. But one of the coolest things that I've noticed is that it says that it was flood season. And so they, they cross the river in the worst season possible. They see God's hand over their life in the worst season possible. It's better to cross a river in drought season, right? It's not a good time to cross the river in flood season. And in the same way in our life, I think that's the same truth. And maybe it's not the best time to be generous in 2023 with inflation, with all these things. Maybe it doesn't seem like the best time to start a new project it's not the best time to follow God's leading into what he wants us to do because of the economy because of the political atmosphere but the thing is is that we're not walking alone in this we're going with Jesus we're going with his spirit so I want us to read the whole story first and then I have four quick points uh <clears throat> This is my first time preaching in English in like six weeks. And so I have like my notes in Spanish a little bit. So anyway, if I start speaking in Spanish, just, just let me know. Joshua chapter 3 verse 1 says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set, set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Is it okay if we keep reading? We're going to read a lot today. It says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Next verse says, Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the waters of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before 
before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Father God, we thank you for this morning and we just thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to come together and hear your word. And I just ask that your Holy Spirit impart revelation to our lives that the eyes of our understanding might be open, might be flooded with truth, might be flooded with life, Father, that we might see these things that you have written for us, that we might understand these things that you have written for us, that, that we might understand the power that lives inside of us, that we might know you, Father, and the power of your resurrection this morning. We thank you, Father, because what is impossible for man is still possible for you and so we give you all the glory and all the honor in this place in the name of Jesus I pray amen so the story we just read I, I, I see four basic points so the, the first point is is that they they woke up early they they they, they uh, arise early is what it says Joshua 3 verse 1 says early in the morning now I I am not an early bird. I truly am, uh, I'm not even like a bird. I think I'm like an, a sea otter. What, what that means is I have a spiritual gift of sleeping at any time of the day. I can drink an espresso shot and then fall asleep five seconds later. Uh, for those of you that might not know, I, I'm from Colombia. That's where I was born and raised. My mother, uh, before we would go to bed, would always give us hot milk with coffee. And that was like our drink before we went to bed. So I, I don't know, maybe caffeine for Colombians is different, but I drink coffee and I'm like, ooh, now it's time to go to bed. Like I, that. So, so I, I really wasn't born with that chip of like rising early, you know, like beating the sun and like going out. Like that to me just sounds like depression. Like I'm like, why would you want to wake up before the sun? Like there's a reason the sun is not up yet. It's like we got to still sleep anyway. Time is measured in minutes, but life is measured in moments. I believe that time management, how we manage our time, it truly reflects on the output and the outcome of our life. Now, how you're measuring the time that God has given you and how you're measuring your day and what you are doing with the time of your day. I believe time is the great equalizer. We all have the same amount of time every day. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's 1,440 minutes that we all have in the day. And I read the other day that on average, as Americans, we see social media 140 minutes a day. That is two hours and 20 minutes. So when I went and, and you know, and everyone's like, that's the younger generation. What's crazy is that all the generations are on social media the same amount of time. It's just a different platform. Like maybe young people are on TikTok and Instagram a little bit more. Older people are on Facebook. But the whole point is like we're still on there a lot of our time. 
And the problem with that is, is that God has given us a gift of time to, to create change in our life, to create habits in our life. And a lot of us are not using it to our advantage. I, I, I saw the other day that if you read 20 pages every day for, for the whole year, you end up reading almost 30 books a year. Now, to me, that was shocking because it, one of my biggest hurdles in life is like finishing books. I am great at starting books. Uh, I, I, how, many, how many are good at starting books? Right? Some of you are my people, okay? Like, we could start a book club and call it Almost There. You know, like, and like, we'll read the first 10 chapters and then like forget about it. And then, and so I, I, I seriously, I love going to Barnes and Nobles. I love going there. I love, I'm better at buying books than reading them. Like I will buy, how many, yes, okay, see, we're starting a group right now, yeah? Yes, because I see that there's a lot of us. But, but so when I read this, that there's just the power of creating a habit of managing better your time, uh, of investing your time in what should be Useful and invest, like investing it correctly. Oh, uh, I, I'm 33 years old, and I, I've talked about this before a little. I, I, I remember at Fonder and I was talking about this. But one of the things, one of these recurring thoughts in my mind lately is, you know, if I would have started saving when I was 18, by 33, I would have this much. And same, I've said it for a lot. If I would have started doing push-ups when I was 18... 15 years in, I would be amazing. Like, uh, I could walk with my, with my arms. I don't know. <clears throat> but then, then, so I, I keep, you know, saying these things over and over. And I remember once the Holy Spirit stopped me. It was like, you know, if, if you continue to use the time the same way you've been doing that, when you're 40, you'll be saying, when I was 33, if I would have started saving at 33, if I would have started running at there, I don't know, whatever that is. We, we have to learn how to manage our time correctly. And there is no one better at managing time than the person that created time. And he can let you know what you should do. So I'm not saying cancel uh, social media or not. No, but just ask the Holy Spirit. The, the, the story here says that they woke up early. And, I, and I'm a firm believer that the Bible, it wasn't just written, you know, and they just wrote certain words. I believe that every word has intentionality. That if, if they didn't want us to know that they woke up early, it's because it wasn't important. But they did. They, they, they wrote it specifically. That a, a lot of spiritual things happen, not because it's early in the morning, but because they're managing their time well. The way you start your day sets a rhythm, sets a tone. Sets the cadence. It, 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 Psalms 57 verse 8 says, Awake my soul. Awake harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. Well, when I read this, I, I remembered a biography of Deal Moody <clears throat> that said uh, that he would always feel the pang of guilt if the blacksmiths got up to hammer before he did to pray. And it was just one thing where he was like, and we know D.O. Moody, you know, he, he changed the trajectory of a lot of Christianity. And it wasn't just because he was called to do it. It was because he was intentional with the call that he had. He was intentional with the life that he had. I've talked about this. One of my pet peeves with my dad is how much he reads the Bible. It really frustrates me. Like, I know this sounds bad because this is like something that we should all be doing. But he's got goals. Like, he wants to read the New Testament five times every year year. 
and, 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 put, uh, and he, he's got other goals too about reading the whole Bible and stuff like that. And, and so that frustrates me because my goal is just to read the Bible every day, at least some of it, you know? Uh, like I, it's, and it, to be honest, I, I, it's the only book I've really, really finished, the Bible, I swear. Uh, <laughs> but when we're on an airplane or when we're in a restaurant, when we're at a waiting room, when we're waiting, he, he always does the same thing. We both do the same thing. We take our cell phones out, but then that's when we split. Because I'll open YouTube, I'll open iMessage, whatever that is, and he'll open the Bible app. So frustrating. Because I see him finishing his goals. I see him with his super great habit. And then here I am like watching a stupid YouTube video. And then when we see the results of our lives, I can't just be like, God, you know, move in my life more when he's given us the same amount of time. I'm not saying this to make us feel bad or anything like that. I just want to challenge you today. Uh, God of the God can do impossible things through your life, but He needs your time. He He needs your life. He He needs you in the equation. Uh, R. A. Tory, who wrote about Dio Moody, says every day of his life he rose very early in the morning to study the Word of God until the end of his life. Mr. Moody would get up around four o'clock in the morning and he would say, if I'm going to study, I have to get up before everybody else. I have to get up before everybody else gets up. And he would lock himself in a remote room in his house along with his God and his Bible. So arise early. Use your time well. Ask the Holy Spirit today how you can be more efficient with your time. And it's not just uh, how much you can pray or how much you can read the Bible, although I do believe it starts there, but it's in general. How, how you could, you know, there's people that always say, I, I really can't find the time to exercise. I remember my wife, she's super funny to me at least, because we had Amanda, and so I used to train for triathlons, but when we had Amanda, I was like, I, I want to be included in all of this. I also want to wake up. I, I want to be a part of this. And so for like six months, I didn't do exercise. And so I started to get a, a little you know, chunkier, which is great because I, I saw a T-shirt that says uh, fat people are harder to kidnap. And, and so, so now that I go to Columbia, I'm like, hey, you know, this is the will of God. <laughs> I'm not going to be kidnapped or anything. <laughs> But she started, you know, saying stuff like, John, you, you know, you look different. And, you know, like being very. Uh, so I told her, I just don't know at what time I can do exercise anymore. I really don't. And, and she looked at me and she's like, well, you know, at 3 a.m. you're not doing nothing. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm sleeping. <laughs> But it's, it's just that thought, and she start, I started to realize that I do waste a lot of time throughout the day that I could, you know, be more efficient at. Anyway, first point, arise early, manage your time better. Number two, it says in Joshua 1, verses 2 and 4, three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. The second point is follow the Ark. 
in your life, learn how to follow the ark. Learn how to follow the presence of God. Learn how to follow the leading of the presence of God. Like when the church says we have revival night on March 29th, it's telling you the ark is going to be there. The presence of the Lord is going to be there. You might want to be there as well. The Ark of the Covenant symbolizes the presence of God and the power of God. Follow the Ark. And what I like about this, it says that they, they had to keep a distance of 2,000 cubits. I believe is in reading this and interpreting this, it's giving us a message and it's saying, don't ever get ahead of God. You know, always make a decision with God before you. Now, always make a decision because you followed God into that place, not because you got ahead of God and now you need God to change your situation, which is a lot of our prayers sometimes. It's like, sorry, Lord, I did this and now I need your help. But the word of God says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but it'll only be easy and it'll only be light if you are burdened with him, if you are following him. If you are doing whatever you want in life and then you want God to intervene, that's when we see these problems start to happen in our life. And I'm not promising you a perfect life because it's hard to have a perfect life in an imperfect world. But what I am saying is you can have a God life here on earth. Your, you, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a prayer that is possible. So are you following the ark or are you following the crowd? We not only have to be spirit-filled, but we also have to learn how to be spirit-led. William Booth once said, The chief danger facing the coming century will be religion without the Holy Spirit, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. We need to learn how to follow the ark. That whatever you are doing, you know it's because God has led you there and you haven't forced your way there. One of the, 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 we're, we're in a season right now, it seems like every two, three years with Carolina, we start over again. So we, we have to, you know, new place to live, another car we have to buy, or, uh, more stuff. And when we are in these seasons, we want to force the situation a little bit. We, we want, and one thing, I was walking to go get a coffee because that's very spiritual, obviously. And as I was walking early in the morning to get my coffee, I was fighting with God a little bit. I was like, God, you know, why do we always have to like restart? Like we had stuff and like, why do we have to do this? And I could just go and swipe the card and then you can pay it off. Like that'd be easier. And then, and then he said, you know, don't, don't force an Ishmael, Ishmael, don't force an Ishmael, uh, just follow me to get your Isaac. That's what he said. He says a lot of times you force your way into things and then you, you create an Ishmael. And, that, and it's not only affecting your life. If you understand even the conflict right now in the Middle East is because of the Ishmael that started thousands of years ago. Like, imagine, imagine that, like the repercussions. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'll just follow you, Father. But learn how to follow the ark. Number three, consecrate yourself. Joshua 3, 5 says, Then Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves. Purify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Our work is consecration. It says, If we do our work, the Lord will do 
his. It says, if we consecrate ourselves, the Lord will do exploits. If we consecrate ourselves, the Lord will do great wonders. So our job and our responsibility is consecration. God's job is to do the impossible. The Hebrew word for consecrate is kadash, and it means to sanctify, to purify, to set apart something. So what do we set apart? Our life. What do we set apart? Our time. What do we set apart? Ourselves. As Christians, we cannot be having the same life that people without Christ are having. We need to be set apart. That's part of sanctification is setting yourself apart. We want the results of being sanctified, right? We, that our results are set apart from the rest of the world. But what about your life? Is your life also being set apart? Are you setting apart time for God? Are you setting yourself apart for whatever God wants for your life. We need to be sanctified. We need to consecrate ourselves. We need to consecrate our phone. We need to consecrate our habits. We need to, we need to consecrate our relationships. We, we need to be known for those that are being set apart. Because we don't care to be known as those that are different as long as God is doing the miraculous in our life. But in order for the miraculous to happen, we, we need to start doing the sanctification process. It's like Matthew 14, it just came into my heart. You know, Jesus walked on water, right? And he was, uh, he, he, the whole story is he told them to go, and for a couple of hours, they were going across the lake. And so he goes up to prayer, then he comes down, and then he walks towards them. And when he walks towards them, Peter sees it, and so he tells him, like, hey, Lord, if it's you, because they didn't know it was God at that moment, but it's like, if it's you, you know, say the word, and I will walk. I, I love what, what just happened, and it's the, it's the principle of exposure, that when you are exposed to the presence of God and to the miraculous, it just opens up your faith life. And you're like, I see what is possible now. Now let me try it. And so he did. And so he tried to walk on water. But what's crazy is Peter was trying to do what Jesus did publicly without having done what Jesus had done privately. Which is why we see that Jesus walked on water and Jesus carried him later and everything because Jesus had done the consecration part. Jesus had done the being set apart part. And a lot of us are, are trying to do the miraculous, are uh, doing what God would do publicly without trying to do what he did privately as well. And that's why we always end up being carried by Jesus once again. We have the faith. We see what's possible. But also we have to understand the process to make that possible. The world has yet to see what God can do through a man totally consecrated to him. With God's help, I intend to be that man, D.L. Moody. Consecration is death to self. Consecration is dethroning yourself. Consecration is my utmost for his highest. Consecration is his will, his way. Consecration is giving the Holy Spirit veto power. Are you willing to be consecrated today? Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Through prayer and through the word of God, I believe we consecrate ourselves. See, when we pray, we think that prayer changes situations, but prayer in reality starts by changing me. 
And as I pray and as I follow the ark, as I start consecrating myself, I'm being changed. And when you are changed, when I'm being changed, then my results start to change as well. We've heard it before. It's insanity to do the same thing over and over and expect different results. If you want a different results, it starts by being a different you, a different me. And how do we start? With the word of God, letting the word of God expose what needs to be changed. How do we how do we start by praying more letting the Holy Spirit expose and change us through the power of prayer? And then last but not least, number four is enter the river. Make sure you have the habit of entering the presence of God. And by entering the river, it's not just the presence of God, but it's following through with what God has already told you to do. Because he, he was specific. It says in John, uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 8, Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So the, there was a word that was given for them to do. And I firmly believe that if we all, uh, you know, think about it and just take the time to talk with God, we know what God has asked us to do. Not, not completely the thousand steps, but he, we all know what the next step should be. And until we decide to make that step, take the step and go into the river, go into what God has called us, we don't see God's miraculous power. It, we, we're sometimes waiting for God to move when God is waiting for us to get our feet wet first. And until we don't get our feet wet, God's not going to move. And what's powerful about this story, and we've already read it, is that whenever they do get their feet wet, it says that, I think it's 16 miles uh, upstream, it, the river stopped. And, and what I like about that metaphor is shows you the power of the spiritual and mighty working power of God. That there are things that are happening upstream of your life. That there are prayer times that you have had. That there are spiritual encounters that you have had that you don't see the power of until following years, until following moments, until later in your life when you start to realize, ah, that's what happened upstream. That's why I prayed. That's why I served. That's why God asked me to do that so that when this time came, I would see his miraculous power. See, I've said this over and over, but when we pray and when we live, we're thinking right here and right now, but God is thinking nations and generations. That what he is doing through your life is not just for you, it's not just for right here, it's for things to come as well. It's for your kids' life. It's for your grandchildren. It's for your neighbors. It's for everyone that is around you. It's for God to move in your life and bless everyone around you. When Paul and Silas were in jail, it says that they were the only ones praying. But then it says that everyone around them was free because of their prayer. You don't understand sometimes. I don't understand sometimes the power of obedience, how it affects everyone that is around me. Until I start being obedient. Until I start praising God. The miracle usually happens upstream. Days before in prayer. You are the answer to someone else's prayer. You are that moment. You can look back on today and say it was an outrageous time to dream. But it was the day that decades happened. Everyone is saying 2023 is not the time to dream for anything. 
uh, you know, it's, it's the time to just hold on, you know, wait a couple of years. I don't know, depression, whatever, repression, oppression. I, I, all I know is that God is bigger than all of that. Yeah, all I know is that if I follow God, even if it's flood season and God asks me to cross a river, we're going to be fine. All I know is that even if the economy is crazy, but God is asking me to be generous, we are going to be fine. Like all I know is that if this is the time to work and you know not not expose yourself a lot, but God is asking me to go to the nations, well, we are going to be fine because as long as I'm following the ark. As long as I'm following the Spirit, as long as I'm being obedient, we get godly results. And it's not results based on the economy, not results based on this world. It's, good. it's results based on the creator of the universe. So decide today with me to follow God. Decide today to not just believe for the impossible, but to follow through and see the impossible. I believe that we're walking into that. Even today, I mean, we're starting a new campus in Point Dexter. And, then, you know, now is not the time. With this, with this economy, are you kidding me? Uh, building a new building? With this economy, are you kidding me? Doing all these things. But how many of you know God is not basing your results on the world's economy? He says he'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And I thank God that the economy of heaven is doing fantastically fine. There is no inflation in heaven. Come on, they're still paving their roads in gold. They got enough. And I believe you're going to be good. You're going to be fine. If you learn to follow the ark. If you learn to follow him. And with that, uh, today we're, we're going to <clears throat> take communion. I have the Bible verse here. We're going to take communion. And I, I think it's a, a very important uh, moment in general. But when we talk about these things, what gives us entrance into his promises and what gives us entrance into being able to believe for a life with godly results is because of what Jesus did in our life. That because uh, he died for us, he made a way so that we can have access to the throne of God. Because of his blood and his sacrifice, now we get to enter into his presence. We get to be called sons and daughters of God. We, we are adopted into his family. Like there are so many good repercussions because of what Jesus did on the cross. So today what we're going to do is we are going to partake of the elements, but I want us to thank him while we do it. I want us to thank him because of his blood and because of his sacrifice, because his body was broken, we get to believe for healing and we get to see it in our life. Because his body was broken, because the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him, we don't have to be depressed. We get to have the joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. We get to have a peace that passes all understanding that guards our heart and our our mind in Christ Jesus that what is impossible for man is still possible for God and so I get to be joyful in this season I get to have peace in this season I get to have rest in this season because my results don't depend on what is happening around me my results depend because of who lives inside of me and because God lives in me because he lives we can face tomorrow we can face whatever is coming at us 
And we know we win because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So when we partake of the elements, we are declaring victory in our life. That the same blood of Jesus that bore our sins and that paid for everything is still working today. So, Father God, we thank you for this day. And we thank you, Father, for the opportunity that you have given us to come together as a family and learn from your word. And, Father, we just thank you today for the sacrifice of Jesus, that the the blood that was shed on the cross pays for our sin, but also makes a, a new covenant with us with better promises that we will live in this life that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That surely goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life, that we might be able to dwell in your house forever, that we might be able to dwell in your presence where there is joy, when there is, where, where there is peace, where there is liberty, Father, that we are a free people because of the cross. So we worship you today. And we give you thanks and we give you all the glory and all the honor.